Hi, welcome to the fourth episode of Carbonite Chamber of Commerce's Chamber Talk. It's a podcast where we kind of tell folks what the chamber does and try to get different interesting guest speakers in here. Um, we've got some funny events coming up. We've got Glow Bingo, which is in May May 19th. That'll be our next big fundraiser. So many of you may not know this, but we give multiple scholarships out to Carbonite High School kids for them to attend SIU. Uh, so that's our next event. We hope to see you there. But today I want to introduce Harold Visser. He is running for the mayor of Carbonell. Here, the election is what? Oh, it's about uh, four days away. And thank you very much yeah. for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You got a got a good voice, good radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we we wanted to get both mayoral candidates on you know on our podcast just to let them you know have a, a longer form conversation about what Carbonell sure. means to them and what their plans are because you know. Carbono is kind of a weird transitional spot, uh-huh. you know, and, and it needs a little help. You know, and I think that's why we're all here. Yeah, I totally agree. So uh, tell me a bit about yourself. Well, I mean, I, I grew up in uh, northern Illinois, um, Winfield, actually. It's about 30 miles west of Chicago. Uh, I went to West Chicago Community High School, District 94. So, I mean, you're in the middle of the suburbs and <laughs> they're not very creative with their names. Uh, I came down to SIU originally um, to do aviation management I uh, made it through my private pilot's license, and I was uh, two things happened. One, I was looking at the amount of debt I would have to take on to complete that, and I was uncomfortable with that. And two, I met my, I didn't know it at the time, but my future father-in-law who flew for Delta Airlines. Oh, and, that's fun. Um, it, you, you think if you met a pilot, you'd be like more encouraged, but it, he was like gone like 10 days a month, and I'm a homebody, so I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm going to make a change. And uh I switched from aviation over to business management, and that's what I got my degree in. That's good. So, uh, and SIU's got a great aviation technology. It does. But it's it's not for everybody. Yep. Uh, I, I had a friend who worked for, I think, Spirit, and he couldn't deal with it anymore. So he went to FedEx. Uh-huh. So yep. he would fly in the morning, come back in the evening, because yep. they have two kids. Yep. So, yeah, but flying, from, I never flew, but it sounds fun. Oh, so. it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I always described it as, like the, especially with these little planes, it's like, you're in a roller coaster, but you control it, and you just do whatever you want. <laughs> so, so do you still fly for recreation sometimes? Uh, a year and a half ago, I got to go up with my friend. But, I mean, you know, quite honestly, it's just very expensive. Yeah. You know, 180 bucks an hour to rent an airplane. That's just out of my, it is? Yeah, it's out of my budget right now. So we'll fly for 15 <laughs> minutes and come back down. <laughs> fun, but not that fun. <laughs> um, so what, uh, so what, do you have any hobbies or passions or anything that's fun and interesting that people may not know about you? Well, um, I'll tell you what, I really don't have any hobbies per se, just because, uh, you know, life's busy. I have a contracting business. I do rental properties and I have uh, a wife and I have six kids. So, I mean, you know, I'd really say that people are my passion. I love interacting. I love, I'm always the guy that like, oh, there's a problem here. I'll jump in, you know, whatever it is. It's like, oh, you need this. I'll, I'll jump in and fix that. Um, I, uh, a lot of people don't say like, oh, rentals are hard. I think they're not that bad. It's just like somebody has a problem and you find a solution for it. And sometimes it's just listening to people. And I don't mind doing that either because it, <laughs> I just love people. Um, I think that's part of being a part of the community. Really. Yeah. So. And it's, it's really important, I think, as, a, as being a mayor. You got to be able to work with people. You got to be able to take phone calls. And, and, you know, uh, honestly, you know, sometimes people just disagree with you. Uh, I, as a contractor, I do a job, 
one person loves it. I do the same job for someone else and they hate it. And you just have to be like, you got to talk it through and work through problems and be like, it's going to be okay on the other side. So yeah, yeah. we'll make and, it right. So. And something a lot of people may not know about me. I am bilingual. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was uh, 15, I went and spent a year in Germany. So oh. I speak German fluently. So if anybody ever wants to speak German, I'm here. It's really hard to find anyone to speak German in the U.S. It's, yeah. <laughs> but it's and always fun when I do meet someone. Yeah. We, we do have a, a good German population in uh-huh. Illinois. So yeah. I didn't know this till maybe like a year and a half, two years ago. I yeah. guess we had like a, an old German POW camp. Oh, like yeah. Up north uh-huh. uh, a little bit. And after, after World War II, they, you know, they're like, hey, you know, just if you want to stay here, you can stay here. Yeah. And a lot of them did. So that's, that's kind of fascinating. We're middle of central Midwest. Yep. But we do have that kind of, you know, a lot of the German people here are descendants of that POW yeah. camp. Yeah. So. That's a wonderful heritage to have. Yeah, too, so. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I my uh, my old German teacher at the Carbon High School. Oh, I didn't know you took German. Uh, well, <laughs> oh, he, oh, you. No, <laughs> I, I think it back. It was my Spanish teacher. Okay, yeah. But he spoke German, Spanish, Polish, French. Holy smokes! And I'm like, uh, and his name is Mr. Mandrisky. <laughs> yes. You know, and if he if he's listening, you know, he did a great job. He was my Spanish teacher. He was the yeah. most patient. But watching him like just switch languages uh-huh that's like super fascinating it, so it, it takes something else and i got to the level where i can think in uh, german which that you know that's when you hit your fluency yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like spanish um the high school i went to was uh, mostly hispanic yeah so about 52 percent or so so i know enough spanish to get myself in trouble, trouble but. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i i speak mandarin as well oh wow but i don't so i i know enough mandarin to to think uh-huh. and count in Mandarin. Yep. So I'm convinced that I'm bad at math because <laughs> I moved to the States yep. and didn't get a full you know, Mandarin education. Yep. So that yep. stunted my math abilities. That's a story. Oh, wow. That's a story that I'm sticking with. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, so what was, uh, what was the draw of Carbonell to you? What made you say, hey, like I love this community and I want to stay here? I, I will... Uh... I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, this was, I was a, uh, either a freshman or sophomore in, uh, in, uh, college. And I was driving with my friend Marcus, you know, we used to always carpool back and forth to Chicago. I had a car, so it was a 85 Delta 88. You put six people in it. And usually we did that to <laughs> save on gas, which is <laughs> a big old GM. But anyway, we were coming back to town one time and he's like, Oh, good old home Carbondale. And I was like, I was like, Marcus, this is not your home. This is just a place where, <laughs> and then I find myself, it's 20 years later. And you know, this is my home. I've lived here longer than I lived anywhere else. I love the town. I love the people. Do you still talk to Marcus? I actually haven't talked to him in probably, you know, 15, 20 years, but yeah. it's kind of thing. He just, he moved on and I stayed here. And I wonder if he would say, Oh, so what happened? Harold? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to have that conversation with him. He was a great guy. Uh, but you know, he just, you start attending a church, you get married. Um, I got in-laws here. Uh, my kids have lots of cousins who live nearby. It's just great. And then, uh, you know, I started a business here. People, I'll tell you, people are just so friendly. And in the Chicago suburbs, it's more like cutthroat. It's like everybody's in competition down here. It's just a little bit slower pace. And it's just, you know, it's a fun environment to be in. I want my kids to live here and hopefully my grandkids. I'd like to, uh, one of my things is, 
let's let's reinvigorate Carbondale. Let's bring business back to this town because I don't want my kids to grow up and leave. I want my kids to grow up and start businesses or work for somebody if that's their thing and stay here. So it's one of those I, I am guilty of this, you know, like years ago, I, you know, I would tell people that, oh, like, you know, you come here for school, et cetera, et cetera. And then then you leave. But now as I got older and now I'm more invested in the community, uh-huh. I'm like, yep. no, stay here, <laughs> come back, you know, yeah. and and uh, I, I hate to say this, but the one good thing about COVID is I've had a lot of friends that, you know, they cut their teeth in big cities. They made uh-huh. some money and they moved back. Oh, that's and, great. And then they're ready to invest a little bit, uh-huh. which is great because you see that in Murphy a little bit. Yeah. And those are from people coming back. Yep. And, you know, with with Carbonell, you know, I have a few classmates that are coming back. But Carbondale, you know, it's a great spot. You know, yep. like the cost of living is cheap. You now we've got fiber, which is uh, if you talk to realtors and, and you know, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you're in that same kind of realm. Yep. You know, having good Internet. Oh, it is, makes a huge difference yeah, for people to come back and property values and all that. If you're buying or renting and people ask, oh, what kind of Internet do you have? And you say 56K, they're probably going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, we used to, we, uh, that was over the years. It's always do you have. Um, well, I won't mention names, but what internet do you have? And you say, oh, we have this company. I'm like, oh, that's great. Because my job requires whatever. And, you know, you mentioned uh, Murfreesboro. I feel uh, one thing Carbondale's lacking is they need a very energetic leader. And if you ever talk to Will Stevens, that, that guy has tons of energy. He loves his town. He's out there meeting business owners. He's out there talking with people. And that's, uh, you know... It's, I know it's a smaller thing than Carbondale, but I really think that's what I can do in this town and really yeah. be an ambassador, um, not just for local business. Local business is great, and we want to grow that. What we really need at this town, because the university shrunk a little bit and the hospital might not be doing as great as it could be, but we need to bring in some kind of manufacturing or we need to bring in you know, um, like a call center jobs or uh, stuff like that, attract that, because then that brings the jobs, and then the people have things to do, and then they can spend their money on all these local businesses that have, uh, you know, they haven't been, it, it's been stormy lately, right? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? It, it has more ways than one. And, and Will Stevens, you know, he's been, you know, he's, he's around my age. He's done a great, a lot yes. of great things. I'm, I'm on a lot of these economic development committees uh-huh. that, and we see each other on Zoom. So yep. he's always energetic. And uh, a thing he's fighting for is that four way, uh, four lane, uh, I think it's called like, four lane connector or something uh-huh. and it's a four lane from you know up 127 right st louis and that and you know again this is these are things that i did not know yeah before being involved but manufacturers and companies don't even consider you yeah unless you have some sort of a four lane yeah connector and i'm like oh well and, I, now you now i know why you're really been pushing that for and we, years and we got uh what they've been doing on 13 over the last i mean it seems like forever <laughs> but i think they're gonna get close to being done but getting that six lane from the interstate and then the other thing we have going through us we have we have a uh, very busy rail going through the center of yeah. town so if you're if you're a manufacturer you can get your goods here your big stuff either by truck or by rail we have relatively cheap energy yeah. And we, you know, we have a populace, um, we have space for people to move into, but we do have a populace that can work and is fairly well educated. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, we have, we have so many good things and it's just like, you know, I, I have a lot of ideas people have given me, but you know, one of them is just like, go to trade shows. Yeah. You set yeah. up a booth. Hey, Carbondale's open for business. Come here and we want to help you. Um, another thing I could say, this is just from talking to a lot of business owners. 
um, a lot of people feel the regulations in this town are maybe over enforced or there's too many. Um, when I've talked, I've talked to like Will Stevens or other mayors, it's like, you gotta, we need regulations, we need safety. But, um, when I talk to business owners, it's like, they don't know what the rules of the game are. Yeah. And it is very important that it's not just an arbitrary, what the bill, building inspector decides on that day. It's like, you know, if I go to an architect in Carbondale and an engineer and they do plans, the city shouldn't be revising those plans. Those guys are experts. They know what they're doing. And I'm not saying like, I like some of these, the building inspectors, I have good relationships with them, but it's just, sometimes it's like, just, just stand aside, let these professionals do what they can do. And that'll make a more inviting environment for people to come here and do business. So, so uh, speaking of, you know, people, things that people tell you, what was the driving point that made you decide to run for mayor? Well, <laughs> actually, um, two years ago, it's, it's, there's all these, all these, oh, it's almost three years now, I guess, but there's all these COVID stories, right? But yeah. I was going to run for city council because that was coming up. There's whatever. I went out and I got about, I think you needed 22 signatures. I got 15 of them. And then COVID hit me and boom, it was, it was like November. You know, it's a little bit of procrastinating, you know, you yeah. got <laughs> Should have done this a little earlier, but I was in bed for five days Yeah, and that passed the deadline. And then I was yeah. like, well, if I missed that one, uh, and this time around, I was still thinking city council and then mayor Henry was stepping down. I said, you know what? I feel like I have the energy and I really do try to lead in everything I do. I feel like I could be a very good mayor for Carbondale and I could, I could help us weather some of our storm and bring us out, uh, you know, to the sunny weather on the other side. So I said, let's do that. And that's just, you know, you've been around for a long time and you've watched, there's been a decline, yeah. both population, both business wise, both, and even neighborhoods. You know, I've, I did uh, maintenance and construction in this town for years. I've seen neighborhoods that were once like, wow, this is almost prime real estate. And now it's like, hey, there's, there's like, you know, junky cars and whatever going on. And you're like, I think we can turn this around. It's not yeah. irreparable. It's like, let's do that. So that was... And then I would say this is a smaller thing, but uh, some of the rhetoric at like the city council meetings, you know, people <laughs> calling people out by name and, you know, badgering, stuff like that. I don't like that because I've, it, it takes a lot of courage <clears throat> to go out and to speak in public like that for one. And one of the best things that we have in our country is that any citizen can go air their grievances to their government. And I think that you need to be treated with respect if you're going to come do that, even if it's somebody I disagree with. Yeah. You say, thank you for your time. We appreciate that. And you consider what they say. Then you might move on and do nothing or you might move on and do something. But I feel like, you know, the mayor is really the, the, the leader and the head of that group and set a good example. And I'm not saying uh, Miss Harvey hasn't been doing that. I mean, I think she's dealt with a couple really tense <laughs> situations. Just with some yeah, and, and you know, you give credit where credit's due. I think she's done a good job in some of those. Um, I just feel like you know, maybe maybe behind the scenes or even at city council meetings, you'd be like, why don't why doesn't the council just address the public and the public address the council and you know keep it like that and keep it civil, right? Yeah, and it shouldn't be intimidating. You know, no, so. it's hard enough as it is. So, yeah. and, and I and on a side note, I do wish more people would attend city council meetings yes. you know you know people love to get online on social media and just <laughs> just you know complain but yep. that doesn't do anything sure. you know go to the city council meetings uh, it's what second second and oh, there's one tonight and but it's the yep. second and second and third sec, yeah i believe so yeah 
and then you can look at you can look at the agenda mm-hmm. on on the the city website. Yep. Go to the city council meeting. You don't have to say anything. No. But sit there and just kind of learn how your 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 uh, yes. country your uh, your city is run. You know. Yeah. And and one thing I I personally feel a lot of people put a lot of like stress on national elections or state senator or governor. What happens here with our local government has the most effect on our life. And it's good to, it's going to city council meetings helps you know what's going on. And then you can make informed decisions when you mm-hmm. need to elect the next round or maybe even keep who's here if you like what's going on. And so That's one thing. I'm always a little disappointed. Like <laughs> local elections have low turnout. They do. Yeah. They do. <laughs> and it's, it's like, no, like these are the most important elections. You know, mm-hmm. your, your yep. U.S. Senator, you know, you may see their impact in five or ten years. Yes. But your local official, like, you see that effect. Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. So, um, so uh, what are, I know you've already touched on some of this, yeah. but what are some big issues that you think should be addressed in Carbondale? I mean, the, the two major ones, and uh, this is part of me just doing my research. I've been doing surveys, and uh, I'll say the one, and we already know this, gun violence and violence in general is uh, pretty much out of hand. I, I would say it has gone down a little bit. Um, Mr. Cervantes um, and uh, the local law enforcement have been really working hard on that. Uh, Stan Reno, I think, is doing a great job with what he has. But um, there was a gang, and they were basically shooting each other, retaliation, shooting each other, retaliation. Uh, I believe they arrested about 30 individuals in Carbondale and Heron and Marion. Um, they really, I think they broke that up, and the gun violence has gone down. It hasn't disappeared. Um, but really, um, people are very upset. They want to they be able to go out at night and not they worry about it. They want to feel safe. They want to feel safe, and that's, that's a very reasonable thing for a person to feel. And um, I feel like the... Uh, Carbondale Police Department really does just need more funding. You put, you have to put your money where it's most important. And right now, if you look at a crime map of Carbondale, it's almost red, the whole thing. And then it's yellow. And I think that's just, uh, we do need more policing, and maybe we can reduce that later on when things get a little bit better. But uh, that, that, that's one of the major issues and one of the things that people keep talking about over and over. They just they want to be safe in their community. Yeah. And uh, if you're interested, you can go to explorecarbonate.com. Uh-huh. They have that gun report. Yes. It's 50 pages. Yep. It's great bedtime reading. <laughs> no, uh, but, <laughs> it's, good, it's good reading. But, but it, it's, it's super informative, uh-huh. you know, and, it, you know, and. As someone who's lived in town, I mean, I lived here 30 years. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I get tired of the community blaming Chicago kids. It's not just, yeah. No, and, lo- and a lot of them, I see it, and, like, you know, I went to school with their siblings. So they're, yep. they're local kids, yep. you know, and, and we've kind of failed as a community when our local youth is going around shooting each other, you know, I think, me personally. <laughs> one, of, one of my renters, he, he um, works at the Carbondale High School, and what he says, and I, I really think this is true, he says, these young men mostly don't know how to express themselves. And it often comes out in violence because they were never taught how to talk. And that's why, uh, like Boys and Girls Club, these after-school programs, they're very important. And I would even suggest, uh, this not just because of the chamber, but um, I really like mentoring and I like uh, apprenticeship programs. And those are a little bit difficult. You've got to do a lot of paperwork, both parents on top, but... You know, 14-year-olds um, working at the bakery, learning how to be bakers because they're interested in that. It's great. <clears throat> they might find out they don't want to do it. But mm-hmm. I think after school stuff like that, I did that when I was young. I worked at a dog kennel. 
Yeah. After school, you know, you you work. I do cross country, and then I go work at a dog kennel. You know, cleaning up <laughs> dog mess and feeding. And I, I worked with my dad during the summers. We did construction. That's where I learned most of my construction skills. And it's and I in my personal life, you know, I I hire a lot of these guys. They're 16, 17, 18. They may not go into construction, but it gave them it gave them confidence and that they can do things with their hands, problem solving. There's a lot of things, good things that come out of that. And that's that's just you know, taking somebody who's willing to work and then training them how to work harder and make good decisions. And that's, that's the kind of thing we need to develop um, in our business community, looking say like, hey, let's take on these young guys. Yeah, it's interrupt, it interrupts your business. You're not going to make, <laughs> but you're, you're really training the next generation yeah. and we will benefit tenfold from that yeah. investment. So and, uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but, yeah. uh, the, you know, we have, a, we have an economic development subcommittee. Yeah. And then, so we're actually, this is the second year we've done a job fair at the high school. And this mm-hmm. year we're kind of expanding the trade a little bit as well. Yep. So if you're listening and you hire high school <laughs> kids, we've got a job fair coming up. Check the chamber page for more information. I'll definitely go to that because, I mean, yeah. that's, I feel that I really do feel that's what I'm doing already. So why not get more? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you the link so yep. you can sign up. So uh, I think last year we had... Uh, 25 or 26 employers oh, that's and great. I, I gave myself the the goal of maybe getting 10 more on top of that <laughs> oh wow so yeah just you know and and well you, you got know, one right here so <laughs> and, uh and i really applaud um the high school you know superintendent dana mm-hmm. booth and then uh, dallas terry yep. and uh you know like last year when we did it they trained those kids they taught them how to write resumes they taught them how to yep. look you in the eye and shake your hand and i'm like wow i'm really impressed when i was in high school i'm like you know i mean i worked for my family but i, but I wasn't i didn't have that confidence so yep. what they're doing over there is is great and yeah. i applaud them so and I'll, I'll even say things that i wish i had a mentor when i was young especially starting off in construction on my own and starting off with rental properties like and i i don't know if the business school could do this either but I got a degree in entrepreneurship from SIU, but I I was never taught how to deal with lawyers, how to read contracts, really, how to deal with real estate agents, how to how to handle. um, I don't know how you want to put that when you have uh, problems with your customers. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Customer client relations and like that stuff. I mean, I don't know if you can really teach that in a classroom. Oh, it's hard. You know, you just and I I figured out the hard way and I've uh, I've realized that. No, these are things you need to teach these young guys, and they will be so much farther ahead. Yeah, and the, it's just it's just investing my time, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like in high school. They're like, I wish I learned taxes. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody knows how to do taxes. <laughs> that that's true. That 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 that, that is very fair. And right now is prime tax season. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So, uh, what steps do you see yourself taking? You know, as you're, yeah. if you're elected, what are what are give me the top five things that you would do to to make carbon up better? Oh man, now I got you're gonna make me count to five. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> In German or English? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Whatever comfortable you're comfortable with. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think the first thing that really needs to be done, and it's just because you you don't come into a situation that you don't understand. So. When I'm elected as mayor, you don't come in with uh, guns blazing. We're going to make all these changes. Really, it's it's get into the city government and talk with managers and even talk with employees and say, hey, how does this operate? And then you can make you might be able to make decisions. Hey, how could this operate better or more efficiently? Um, that's that's probably the first step. And that's um, in terms of like you know you feel like the city government. It often it feels like the people of Carbondale work for the city. 
instead of the city working for the people. And that's just a cultural thing. Um, I, I may be completely wrong on that, and you know, but maybe that's just something you just got to look into and say, hey, where's the ground? Yeah. And then you can start making recommendations of how we change and directing the city council. Hey, I think we need to do A because of B. B will benefit us and it'll get us to C. Um, and that might be like for the gun violence thing, getting more resources to our police. They might feel like, oh, we don't have money for this, but we might have to look at some other part of the city that and say, hey, these resources are more important to use here right now. This will benefit us in five to 10 years. And then maybe we can go back to doing what we were doing. So is that number two? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, you know, and I, I like I said, I, I, we touched a little bit upon um, relations, you know, like people come to the city council. Uh, one thing, if you get my business card, it's got my phone number on it. And that's a little bit of a dangerous thing to do because people are going to call <laughs> you all the time. I've gotten, a, I've gotten a lot of really interesting calls. Yeah. Um, a lot of, you know, some people love your message and some people say, Oh, you're crazy. Yeah. And do you, <laughs> say, do you get those calls saying you're crazy? I've had both. Oh, God, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been told, I've been told that I'm completely ignorant and I've been told yeah. that you're a really smart guy. And you know yeah. what you just, uh, one thing, uh, I, well, I'll say this when you get criticism, thank people. Cause yeah. it really does take it. It's really hard to tell people, tell someone, maybe you don't know that they're doing something you don't like. Yeah. That, that, that takes, um, a strong character to do that. But my grandmother, uh, we talked earlier, uh, my, my grandparents were from Ireland. They were the real immigrant couple that came with nothing. My, my grandfather didn't leave Ireland because of a potato famine. He left because of money famine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds and, like my parents. <laughs> yeah. And they, I mean, you come to the U S he worked as a forklift driver for 30 years. He, he did, uh, they did the thing where you buy a duplex and someone's paying your money, your rent every, or your mortgage every month. And they ended up with a couple triplexes, had a really good retirement, a happy life. That's good. Um, <clears throat> but I was saying, so my grandmother, she said, she said, always listen to everybody's advice. And then you just decide if you're going to take it or not. Yeah. But always listen. Because, you know, the, the worst thing you could do is you could get yourself in a little, you know, echo chamber or something like this. And it, you make poor decisions. You need to listen to everybody, even yeah. people you might disagree with. Because, you know, someone I disagree with, I might go, oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. I, ha I haven't been seen properly. I've, <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> but definitely listen to the citizens is very important. And that, that's another thing I've got from going around. People feel like they have no voice. Yeah. And giving the people the voice is very important because one, they feel good. And two, it helps the government to know what they need to be doing to help the people. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we've talked a lot about what to do economically. Mm -hmm. um, I really do think it's important, one, mentoring these um, young citizens. Hey, stay here, develop businesses here. And pulling back, pulling back part of that is uh, both um, getting rid of some of the, the hurdles that you face when starting a business. I'll give you an example. I talked to a, a person. They just, they train dogs, you know, mm -hmm. service dogs. And they're just training these dogs to follow their um, whoever they're helping around and you know, you're not supposed to pet that dog and that dog's not supposed to be distracted. It's always looking, you know, like, um, uh, you know, some people, they have diabetic dogs and mm -hmm. they're going low and the dog's supposed to alert for that. They're That's not supposed amazing. to. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I, I, I laud what, but, um, they're running a, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, an underground business in Carbondale because oh. they went to go register and they found out if they wanted to be in compliance, it cost them about $400. They don't have the for licensing. Or? Yeah, there was a bunch of stuff they needed the city license, and they needed there was other requirements. I mean, it's just somebody who's basically raising puppies in their 
Yeah. In their apartment. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, <laughs> they don't have walk-in customers. Yeah, yeah. That, that's you know, true, and, so. and it, if, if that's true, maybe we need to do that. If it's not true, then, you know, maybe they need more education. But yeah, I've, I talked to somebody else who was looking to start a business and they felt like there were hurdles. I, I mean, I just run a construction business out of my house. I, I haven't seen those hurdles, but, you know. Yeah. I think it's one of those, it's also having expectations. Yes. And also having a mentor, you know. Someone, yes. And that's just. You know, when, when we get new businesses in Carbondale, I try to reach out and I, yep. I try to, you know, especially... Maybe I'll get her in touch with you just yeah. to... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know much about the animal world, but what I was getting ready to say is, yeah. you know, like, you know, I'm a, I come from a food background. Uh-huh. So whenever I see people like, and they're opening a restaurant, it is the hardest thing. Yes. You know, <laughs> you, you, being a great cook does not equate to being a great <laughs> restaurant owner. Yep. So I'm always reaching out like, hey, like, I want to help you. Like, yep. I see yep. you're struggling a little bit. And I think as a community, you know, we need to do that. We yes. need to do better. So. Yeah. And I, no, I like stuff like the Chamber of Commerce. And you got to be able to, um, oftentimes you have no idea what you're doing when you're, you start something. And it's like, even I've never run for office before. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but I'm, uh, I know enough that it's like, go find somebody who's run a campaign before yeah. and go get advice from them. And people want to help you. You don't need to do everything yourself. No. You can delegate duties and people go do stuff. And everybody does better that way. Yeah. It's just, that's what a wise leader does. They don't do everything themselves. They, they organize people and you get so much more done. Yeah. And that's how you build supporters. <clears throat> yes. So, yeah. Um, so what is one hill that you see yourself dying on? Something that you want to see done before your term ends. <laughs> <laughs> These could be lofty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, re- I, really do, I really do think trying to attract uh, like a mid-sized manufacturer to this town that is not an easy thing to do. No, it is because not. you. But I think it's going out there and calling, and you know, I, I I even picture myself. I'll call people in Germany. I'll call business in Germany because there are German businesses. We're in the center of the population of the United States. Like only I don't know if you know this. Only Illinois is a huge distribution place. Just because some German guy back in the 1970s says, "Oh, that's the center of the U.S. This is a small town," and it's like, well, Carbondale's right here. We're whatever. 80 miles away. Yeah. Why don't you set up here? We have our rail. We have our roads. I, I think that's a huge thing. Um, a small thing. I don't know if this is possible, but a lot of people really want to get the potholes fixed in the town. So <laughs> <laughs> that may be impossible. I don't think I, it is. I, I think you need to do more research. On that. <laughs> <laughs> so any, anyway, that's... <laughs> If we're gonna go number one and number two, that's <laughs> so. So manufacturing, manufacturing. potholes is number two. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's there's a lot, there's a lot of potholes. You know, and I'm I'm not gonna lie. There's no way to sugarcoat I'm, it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not naive, but I mean, I think that's that's longer term. And like I said yeah. before, that's that's going to talk to the um, streets and sewers department and say, hey, what's going on? Why are our streets not being maintained in a way where they can weather being having snow plows go across them and maybe it's maybe it's a money thing maybe it's an organizational thing i don't know and if i'm ignorant i need to educate myself and when it, i'm it, educated i can make a decision it's funny that potholes came up potholes <laughs> also came up when i was talking to carolyn so apparently it is a huge it is a huge issue <laughs> oh that's that'll keep you in office or get out of office it's the <laughs> no more potholes all right so <laughs> Uh, paint a picture of Carbonell in 10 years. What does that look like to you? Oh, man. I, I, Carbonell in 10 years, if, if, uh, if I had a magic wand and I was king and I felt like I could Im- implement the stuff that I really want to, I would see pretty much all the downtown businesses um, space filled again. 
I mean, we'll get this, uh, our new train station, bus station built. Uh, it'll really look a lot nicer downtown, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the sidewalk improvements and the road improvements, that's great. Um, but filling up all those businesses would be nice. Um, one thing I would like to do, and again, it's looking at if it's possible, is really getting rid of paid parking downtown. Because we're we are competing against all these other businesses that have these parking lots. Yeah. And people don't like. Uh, I'll tell you two things. People don't like paying for parking. That's <laughs> people hold on to their nickels if they can. But the other thing is um, the the way that the things work. Half the time, the little station over there doesn't accept money or doesn't accept yeah. your space, and then you're worried about getting a ticket. And um, I, I talked to one person. They didn't want to go to a restaurant downtown because they'd have to park right next to the restaurant, walk half a block to go pay, yeah. and then go to the restaurant. And it's like. I think we spent a lot of money redoing all those parking spaces. I think it is an, an investment in our community not to make people pay. And we will get the money back in sales tax revenue Yeah, because people will come downtown. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... And, and, you know, and uh, you know, it's one of those where I, I've had conversations. I know Marilyn over at Mary Lou's, uh-huh. you know, she hates the parking thing. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and it's like, I, I get some places need it because the thought is they don't want the students taking all of it. But like, sure. in our parking lot. Yes. That's it, all Mary Lou's traffic mostly. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so it's not, you don't have college kids parking there. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I don't know. It's, I, I don't have the answer to that. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, two, two hour parking, three yeah. hour parking or whatever. Because that's what most people, most people are not parking all day long yeah. or, you know, um, making sure that students aren't parking outside of Evolve yeah. and all the city spaces. But that's just, that's, that's not making people pay. That's like, oh, let's just put a little deterrent for yeah. people parking their car here for six months or whatever. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Yes. Um, so speaking of food and sales tax, uh, so we're going to do a. Uh, I I like to always put a fun question in there. No, go ahead. So I'm a big, I'm a huge foodie. Yeah, I, I love supporting small small businesses, small, especially small restaurants. Yeah. So, um, what is your go to spot for breakfast, casual lunch, or dinner? And then if you're taking your wife out to a special night out in Carbondale, <laughs> uh, and what are your favorite things to order from each location? So, oh I mean, man, you're one, really putting me on the spot. I, I know, I know. <laughs> so breakfast, casual lunch, or dinner, and a f- special night out. If I would say uh, I'm going to qualify this, and it's uh, I'm half Irish and half Dutch, and Dutch people are real cheap. So most of the time, <laughs> I eat breakfast at home, and that's just because uh, a lot of times I'm running 100 miles an hour, and it's yeah. just 6 a.m. Get your food in, and then I'm out the door. Um, if I were to eat at a place, I'd eat at Mary Lou's. Yeah. Um, I've been eating there. I've been going there a lot lately, um, and she it's it's good food and good conversation, and uh, they're super nice. And what do you usually order? Oh, <laughs> well, uh, people want to know. <laughs> If the, if the people must know, <laughs> you got to get biscuits and gravy with a little extra salt on them. Yep. And then I, you know, I usually like, I like eggs and I like hash browns. Yeah. So if that's, and they have good diced potatoes too. Yeah. I'll say. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, Steve Fallett yep. orders his hash browns like deep fried <laughs> and they're fantastic. So. I, I, maybe next time I go in there, yeah. I'll try that. Extra but. crispy. <laughs> All right. So casual lunch or dinner? I mean, lunch, it's... It, you know, it's going to be Arby's or something like that. Because it's again, Arby's. I'll, I'll tell you why. <laughs> I, some of us have addictions. I'm addicted okay. to buffalo chicken sliders. That that. That's... <laughs> okay, I I, I <laughs> Bryant needs to rewind that a little bit. I do love the buffalo chicken sliders. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> but I, I'm and, and again, it's it's usually the thing. I'm just 
I'm I'm stopping off at Lowe's. I'm getting some stuff. I eat in my I eat in my car. I am not a like sit down for an hour lunch guy. I'm like yeah. get and it's just it comes with being self employed. You're a business yeah. owner. Yeah. It's like when you're working, you're not going to sit there for two hours. You know, if I have yeah. a conversation, that's fine. Or if I got someone to talk to, but yeah, it's usually Arby's. Um, I can't say that there's any place that I'm like I'm gonna other place that I'd go to a sit down. Now, if we're talking about you know I'm gonna take my wife out for a nice dinner. Uh, usually it's like Thai taste. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what I order over there. It's been a little while. I'll tell you when you have six kids, yeah. you don't go out to eat very often. Yeah. No, I, I, I get <laughs> it. You're, yeah. you're well over a hundred bucks, even yeah. at a reasonably price, especially now with yeah. the food costs being expensive. And I also, um, I'll tell you what, I really liked Rima's, but they're not yeah. here anymore. Cause I like to, I really like real Chinese food. Yeah. I mean, Panda Express is okay if I need to stomach wadding. Oh. I'm saying if I just need fat, I understand. <laughs> sometime, sometime I'd love to have you to my house because my yeah. wife does real Chinese yeah. stir fry. Yeah. I mean, really good. And she does those, uh, you know, the, the green beans that you cook in the soy sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these, we hit, we do a lot of Bible studies and stuff with yeah. Chinese students. These Chinese students are like, this is like mom cooks. That's good. But she just learned yeah. over the years. My wife's a wonderful cook. So yeah. we, that's another reason we don't eat out too often because sometimes you feel like, she would have made better food at home, but <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but definitely Thai taste and uh, um, uh, Hunan over there. Yeah. But with the, I've we've eaten at Bombay Olive a couple times. Yeah. They're good. I I really like Indian food. Yeah, yeah. I, I just butter chicken, I, curry chicken. I just wish I knew chicken masala yeah. more where I'm getting because I'm like I'll take that, that, and that. You know, and then the next time I go, you got to. I don't remember what I had the last time, so. <laughs> Um, so are there any extra comments, anything you want to tell the listeners? Well, I mean, again, I, I am here in Carbondale probably to stay until the, my dying days. And I hope those are going to be a long time from now. Um, I really do see Carbondale. It has so many great things going for it. You know, it's like a, it's a ship and it's moving on the ocean. I feel like what we need right now is not to turn the ship around, but the ship needs to be pushed in a different on a different heading yeah and if we go on that heading you know like i if when i moved to carbondale uh, in 2002 i forget how many people it had we had 22,000 students we had you know 20,000 people living in town you couldn't get a rental property yeah if you didn't book it eight months ahead um you know carbondale really should be like 50,000 people right now and we've gone through a decline and there's you know there's nationwide reasons for that and there's local reasons and i feel like you just get somebody um, you know, like like Will Stevens, for example, again, you get somebody who's just excited and pushing and that builds energy and people will follow that energy. And uh, I have a lot of energy. I have a lot of <laughs> and I'm willing to roll with punches. I'm willing. You know, I, I'll say one thing. Um, you have to be able to um, as a property manager, a business owner, whatever. When you mess up, you need to be able to say, hey, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Yeah. And make it. You know, you got to be humble enough to say. I don't know everything. I made a mistake and you need to change direction. And I feel like city leadership like that, people will be attracted to this town. They'll come here and they'll want the same things. They'll want to bring their kids and their family and spend money on local businesses. And that's just, that's what we really need. And that's what I'm pushing for. So good energy, you know, and it just kind of, you know, it's gotta be a good place to live. You shouldn't feel, you shouldn't feel like, you know, you, you don't have a voice. I think that's the yes. biggest thing. Yep. Think, so. Yep. And I'll, I'll, I'll say one thing too, just talking to a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of people in town who feel like they haven't had a voice for years. Yeah. And I might be that voice or, you know, Carolyn might be that voice. 
but it's really important that people don't feel like they're run over and neglected. Yeah. And that's, that's I, I strive to make everybody feel like, you know, while I'm talking to you, you need to be the best person in the world. And that's, it's not insincere. It's just, I love people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add or before we wrap up? Uh, now you really put me on the spot because I got to have to think back at all everything we talked about. But um, was there anything I, that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Um, I don't necessarily think so. Um, I will say uh, one thing is I do appreciate your energy. I appreciate you pushing for the Chamber of Commerce and like at the dinner, you do so much stuff behind the scenes and then your wife running the food business. And I mean, you're helping with that. <laughs> It is, it's always encouraging to see somebody who is doing what they preach. Yeah. I mean, you're out here promoting small business because you're in small business. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's like, it's like one of those things is like, look at William. I want to be like William. <laughs> and I really do try. You know, there's uh, going back like, you know, I tell people, go look at my Google reviews for my apartments. Yeah. We've got a bunch of five-star reviews. And we do not have, we're not Sun Valley. We don't have the newest buildings in town. They're 30 years old. We've renovated, tried to keep them up. But it's really just service. It's yeah. talking to people and people are upset and you fix their problem or just waving to them when you're driving by. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it's, it's the, it, I, I say it's the experience. Yes, you know? it's, it is. It, it is. It, it may sound weird for, you know, apartments, but, yeah. you know, renting should not be, it, it should not be a chore. You should be able to call, hey, do you have any availability? Yep. Yes or no. If yes, hey, how do I get in? You yes. Know, it should, there should be no drama attached to it. No. But it's hard to find in Carbonell. Uh-huh. You know? I've rented for many, 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 many years. And we're, we're full right now because <laughs> yeah. a lot of people don't want to move. Um, and then, you know, basically as soon as we get something open, you know, people are looking at your reviews and they, they want to come rent from you. And it's just, it's, it's always making the next person feel like they're the best person in the world and respected and that's what you do <laughs> yeah exactly but i really do appreciate you um bringing me on to the podcast yeah i, I no. mean it's it's great and hopefully i can come on in the future too as yeah. a future mayor so yeah and then uh <laughs> so for everybody listening uh i think early voting is going on i've seen signs for it monday wednesday and friday i think at um town hall you can also vote i think every day of the week over at the city jackson hall. county courthouse oh, okay. yeah the city hall okay cool because <laughs> i've seen signs for it so yes <laughs> and then i might be wrong on that but check it out and then i mean april 4th is the big day and yep. I just encourage you, either way you want to vote, go out and vote because your voice does matter. Yeah, and I think we have uh, you know, a mayor spot and we have three, three, three council seats that are open. So yep. you know, go vote for the candidate that best represents you. Yes. So, <laughs> and uh, thank you so much. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of Chamber Talk. All right, thank you.